I, I contacted your pastor and said, I would like to come. I said, I, I'm going to be in the area. My daughter and son-in-law live in Fargo, North Dakota. Now, for a missionary, that's in the area. And I said, I'm going to be in the area as close as to what I think I may ever be in the area. And I said, I would like to come by and thank the church uh, for the work that you did. Y'all did 250,000 Thai John and Romans for us. Did anybody recognize any of the covers? Yeah. And so that is the same cover that we've used for quite a few years uh, for Thailand. And, and so I wanted to come by and thank you for that. And uh, that is a... Uh, that is uh, 250,000. That, that, uh, I know you probably just think of ink and paper. Uh, I, I think of everything as far as from start to finish. And so that is somewhere between sixty dollars and $75,000 from start to finish. From it starts with blank paper and ink here with you guys to me putting it into the hands of someone in Southeast Asia. Uh, y'all don't just do that just for the fun of it, do you? You, you do all that work, put them together, because you want it to go in the hands of somebody that needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I need you, but the reality is you need me as well. And so I, I wanted to just come and say thank you so very much. I appreciate that. And uh, uh, Brother uh, Petraco, is that pronounced that right? He called me in uh, November of 2019, I believe it was, or 2018, somewhere in there. I was in San Angelo, Texas at a missions conference, and my, my, it said, Rapid City, South Dakota. I said, it's spam. <laughs> I ignored the call. You been there? I, if it, my motto is, if it's important, somebody will leave a message. He left a message. Yeah. And he says, uh, introduced himself, says, we have this ministry, we were recommended to you, or you were recommended to us, We'd li- I'd like to talk to you, get some information, we'd like to consider doing 250,000 John and Romans. I called him back right away. <laughs> uh, you screen your calls? Amen. And so uh, it went from there, and so I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, I don't know. I, I tried to get this information this afternoon. I don't know if the scriptures you did were put on the container that we shipped in April that landed June 18th, or if they're going on the container that we're going to load September the 7th. I, I, does anybody know when, do you know when Brother Miles came up here and picked those up? We have a guy that came in a semi and picked them up. Yeah, y'all, are, y'all, y'all know about as much as I do. Amen. <laughs> But, um, but anyway, you pray for us. We're loading our 32nd container uh, on September the 7th. And we do a, a missions con- or a, a best conference at our home church in Rogers, Labor Day and Tuesday after. And we're going to load the, the 32nd one then. And then Brother Martin's done a million John and Romans for us for the Philippines. We're expanding into the Philippines. Uh, it said 10 languages uh, in there, we're up to 13 languages and 16 different countries. And uh, so we're expanding into the Philippines in uh, October the uh, uh, 14th, I believe it is. It's a Thursday. Lord willing, I'm praying I need $5,000 for that container. Now, now let me ask you a question. Whose word is this? Who do you think wants to get the word out more, him or us? God does. I have never worried about the money. God's, God's economy, he is not up in heaven worried about what the stock market's doing. 
I have never worried about the money. God always provides. Why? Because it's His Word. And so uh, I want to be a help to you tonight. Again, I'm, I'm going to talk fast. You listen fast. 2 Kings chapter 22. Look with me, if you would, in verse number 8. The Bible says, And Hilkiah the high priest said unto Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. Shaphan the scribe came to the king. That this is King Josiah at the time, and brought the king word again and said, Thy servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered it into the hand of them that do the work that have oversight the house of the Lord. Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath delivered me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the book of the law that he rent his clothes. Look in verse 13. The king saying, Go ye inquire of the Lord for me and for all the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not hearkened unto the words of this book to do according unto all that which is written concerning us. Skip down to verse number 19. This is the answer, if you would. Uh, 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 it says, it's touching verse number 18, the words which thou hast heard, because thine heart was tender, and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord. When thou heardest what I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and hast rent thy clothes and wept before me, I also have heard thee, saith the Lord. Behold, therefore I will gather thee unto thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered into thy grave in peace. And thine eyes shall, shall not see all the evil which I bring upon this place. And they brought the king word again. And the king sent, and they gathered unto him all the elders of Judah and of Jerusalem. And the king went up into the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him, and the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their ears... All the words of the book of the covenant which was found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all their heart and with all their soul and to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. And all the people stood to the covenant. I want to speak to you this evening on this subject, the book that makes a difference. Let's pray. Father, please help me now in the next few minutes to get the point across, Lord, of the message, to be a help and a challenge to these, your dear people. Lord, we thank you that we have a book. Lord, may we not take that for granted. But Lord, use your words tonight. They are your words, not mine. And so Lord, use them tonight to challenge us about this matter of a book that makes a difference. We'll be thankful. We'll be careful to give you the honor and the glory. And we'll be thankful for what is accomplished we ask it in your precious name. Amen. As I said, this is the, talking about the story as the king is a young man by the name of Josiah. The Bible tells us in verse number 2 of chapter 22 that Josiah was 8 years old when he began to reign. In verse number 2 it says he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Now could you imagine, do I have any 8 year olds in here tonight? Anybody 8? Uh, does anybody want to claim to be eight? And, uh, but could you imagine if we had somebody that was eight? Could you imagine them being the pastor? An eight-year-old. Could you imagine the president being eight years old? And I won't make any political comments there. But 
But could you imagine? Now, now stop and think about this. Uh, parents, eight-year-olds do that which is right in the sight of the Lord because they have someone directing them to do that which is right in the sight of the Lord. And Josiah is eight years old, and the Bible says he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. That is because he had those directing him into that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter 34 is the parallel to what we have read. In Second Chronicles 34, it tells us that Josiah, at the age of 16, began to seek after the God of Israel. Hey, you know what that tells me, teenagers? That tells me that the Bible gives us a teenager at 16 that he of his own volition began to seek after the Lord. And tells me teenagers can of their own volition decide to seek after God. Don't, don't say I'm a teenager, I have an excuse. No, we have a king that gives us an example of being a teenager and he did not have someone directing him then. He, of his own volition, began to seek after the Lord. In 2 Chronicles chapter 34, it tells us that Josiah at the age of 20 began to purge Jerusalem and Judea of all the idols and idolatry in the land. Well, we pick up in our text in chapter 22, Josiah is 26 years of age. And guess what he now has? The book of the law. At the age of eight, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord because of those directing him. At the age of 16, he began to seek after the Lord in his own volition. At the age of 20, he begins to purge Jerusalem, Judea, and all the region around there of the idols and idolatry. All of that without a copy of the Word of God. You know, good people can do good things. But the book that made a difference was when he got a hold of the book of the law and he heard the words of the book of the law. He heard God's own words and he rent his clothes and he said, inquire for us because we have not done that which has been commanded in this book of the law. You know, I, I know good people, but they don't necessarily follow the Bible. You know, there you can find, even in our day and age, good moral people who are unsaved. By the way, you can find Christians who don't follow the book. But Josiah gets to a point and he reads, they find the book of the law. I, you know, I, I often wonder, was it hid? Was it laid aside carefully? The Bible doesn't tell us. Whatever it, wherever it was, it does tell us that when King Josiah heard the words, first of all, he rent his clothes. Second of all, he asked for the Lord to be inquired. And then it says that he gathered all the elders of Jerusalem and Judea. It would be like, president saying, I want all of Congress and all of Senate to gather together because I found a book and I want to read it to you. Boy, that'd make a world of difference in our country, would it not? But he said that, he did that. And when he gathered them together and he read the book, he says, now we are going to make a covenant. And the last verse that I read, it says, all the people stood in agreement to the covenant. They said, we're going to follow all the words of the book of the law. The book that they found was the book of the law of God. I don't know if it was the Pentateuch. I don't know if it was just Deuteronomy. I don't know what it was. All I know is it was God's word. 
And it made a difference in the life of King Josiah. It made a difference in the life of the people of Jerusalem. It made a difference in the life of the people of Judah. Hey, let me ask you a question. You got a book, right? You got a Bible in your hand? Everybody got a Bible? Are you thankful you got a Bible? Hey, don't take it for granted that you got one. Well, let me ask you a question. Has this book made a difference in your life? Has. That's past tense. Past tense. See, I grew up, I grew up going to church nine months before I was born. I grew up on drugs. I was drugged to church Sunday morning. I was drugged to church Sunday night. I was drugged to church Wednesday night. I was drugged to church every time the church doors were open. Those drugs hadn't messed me up. But I grew up, I grew up going to a church to where, hey, perfect attendance in Sunday school was a big deal. I got a string of pins. I've got like 15 years worth of pins. A perfect attendance to Sunday school. Why? Because I knew somebody was going to make a big deal about it at least once a year. And they're going to pin that little thing on. And I get to walk around like a general. I'd go to Sunday school sick. You know why? Because I wanted that perfect attendance pin. You know, to be honest with you, I can't tell you every single Sunday school lesson that I was ever taught, but I know this, it made a difference. Say, how do you know it made a difference? Because I'm here serving God. Hey, can you remember every single meal that you've ever eaten? No. But it did, did it nourish you for the time that you sat and ate it? Yeah. People say, you know, I read the Bible. I just don't seem to retain anything. I always ask them, hey, what did you eat this night last year? I don't know. Do you think you ate this night last year? Well, yeah, I always eat. Did it nourish you for that time? Yeah, but you don't remember it. Huh? Don't take for granted the book that God has given to you and the difference that it did make in your life. Has, past tense. Question number two, is the Bible making a difference? Present tense. Is the Bible making a difference? Only you can answer that because only you and God know whether or not you spend time in this. Look at me and listen to me. I say this carefully and kindly. But coming to church and hearing the preaching of the Word of God is dessert. I don't have to have a preacher or a pastor read the Bible and preach to me for me to get something from God. When I go to church, it's dessert. I like dessert. Amen. And so when I go to church, it is just whipped cream and cherry on the top because I've already spent time with God and His Word and gotten something to nourish and sustain me. Hey, let me help you out this evening. No Bible? Do y'all like to eat? Huh? This is a Baptist church, right? Y'all like to eat? Huh? Job said, I've esteemed the words of thy mouth more than my necessary food. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Let me give you a phrase, a statement that you can live by. No Bible, no breakfast. 
No breakfast, no Bible. Hey, if you're going to get up and eat breakfast, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It's breaking fast. Amen. And we, most of us are going to eat at some point in time. But are you going to eat God's words first? You'll spend time with God and His Word and nourish your spiritual body. Look, y'all get mad at me if you want to. I'm leaving. But, but in the last since COVID, we have traveled a lot around this country in churches. And you know what amazes me is how anemic Christianity has become in our country. And the reality is, is because we don't spend time nourishing ourselves. Huh? Is the Bible making a difference? You know, I have a cell phone. I hate it. It's an electronic leash. It, it goes, it goes I, I don't know how it goes. I've got the old-timey ring. It rings, it beans, it dings, and you know what it says? Answer me! My Bible will never ring, ding, or anything to say, read me. I'm going to have to be disciplined Amen. to read this. That's why we're supposed to be disciples, disciplined ones. Is the Bible making a difference in your life. Question number three, will the Bible continue to make a difference in your life? I don't know. That's, again, for you to decide. You're going to have to commit, God, I'm going to spend time with your word every single day because I want this book to continue to make a difference in my life. Do you, do you know... His mercies are new every morning. Do you know you can get something new every single day out of the Word of God? You know, I love to read Spurgeon, and Spurgeon preached three months on John 3.16, and he stood up and announced a different text. And he says, I have not exhausted the truth of the love of God, but my fear as a pastor is I've exhausted you on the text. You know how many times I've read passages over and over and over and then read something and be like, the light bulb go off. You know what I'm talking about? And be like, man, how many times have I read that and not seen it? Why? It's because it is new every morning. Will the Bible continue to make a difference in your life? Has the Bible made a difference? Is the Bible making a difference? Will the Bible continue to make a difference? So I have a, a few more questions and I'm, I'll be done. If the Bible makes a difference, then why aren't we reading it more? If the Bible makes a difference, why aren't we living it more? Huh? If the Bible makes a difference, why aren't we sharing it more? Huh? Let me help you out. When you witness, it is the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, over and over. I used to work for Caterpillar in research and development. I worked with a lot of high IQ people. And you know, every time we would get into religious discussions, my response would always be, the Bible says, the Bible says. the Bible. And they would say, don't you have an opinion? I say, I have no right to have an opinion when God states what His Word says. So when I 
witness, when I share, I just say, the Bible says. The Bible says. When I pastored and would counsel, I would put a Bible on the table. And I said, now I'm going to give you biblical counseling. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says, not what I would like to tell you, but what the Bible says. You know, the amazing thing is, Pastor, I got called into court one time as a character witness. And I was asked about that. And the judge said, so what is biblical marriage counseling? And I looked at him, I said, well, judge, I can give you biblical counseling on being a judge. And he looked at me and he says, I said, because we have the law right here. I said, you can go to the Supreme Court and the law is in the Supreme Court. I said, because it came from the lawgiver. I said, if you want to know how to be the judge you should be, just go back to the lawgiver. He was like, I have a few more questions. I spent 30 minutes on the stand with a dialogue with the judge. You know why? Because I found my opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. His opinion is the only one that matters. Can I get, give you a story? I'll be done. Quick story. We have a young man that you saw him in the picture. His name's Tan. Takes care of our distribution center. He's Thai. He lives three hours south of Bangkok in a town called Hua Hin. Three weeks before I was there in the summer of 2019 with my oldest and youngest daughter, uh, there was a, a man that came to church dressed as a woman. He was all messed up. Y'all do realize that is all messed up according to what the Bible says. And he came and his neighbor had been witnessing to him. The Thai assistant pastor uh, led him to the Lord. He was given a Bible from that church that, that was given to that church by our ministry. And for three weeks, every single day, he got in this book, morning and evening, because that's what the Thai pastor told him he should do. And he did it. At the end of three weeks, I happened to be there. And he came and he says, uh, Pastor, could you do something for me? And he said, what is it? He said, could you come cleanse my house of all the spirit houses and Buddhist idols? Never been a part of one of those in my life. It was so much fun to go into somebody else's house with a hammer and just start breaking things. But we had a prayer dedication for his home and the past missionary pastor asked him a few questions and he says well for three weeks y'all gave me a book and told me to spend time in it in the morning and the evening he said after three weeks there were so many things that just made sense can I paraphrase you know what he was saying he was saying for three weeks the Bible's made a difference in my life January 2020 Miss Hall and I were there Remember, the first time he came to church, he was dressed as a woman. She, she and I were there. A very distinguished-looking man come walking up to me, tapped me on the shoulder. Hi, John. Hello, how are you? I said, Sabadi, I am well. And I looked at him. He goes, you do not recognize me. No, sir. And he told me who he was. You know, I guess the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a... New creature. I guess God knows what he's talking about if we just let the book make a difference. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd take the message. You'd use it tonight. Lord, we are very blessed to have a book that should make a difference in our life.
Father, please help us to allow it to continue to make a difference. Lord, over and over and over, day in and day out. May we not get away from it. Father, please use the message for your honor and glory's sake. We ask it. Amen. Pastor, would you come?